It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and welcome to a new week, folks. It's not a very good start for the week. The New York Giants played their opening day game against the Dallas Cowboys and probably not going to surprise you by saying this, but they lost. And it wasn't just a loss, folks. It was a blowout. We're talking a 35-17 blowout. Score doesn't sound that bad, but trust me, folks, it was that bad. And um, gosh, where do we start with this team? Um, On the show today, I'm going to just kind of go through a few key points, a few things that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit as this game unfolded. And, um, you know, we'll see how it it works out over the coming days and weeks. Hopefully it gets better, but some serious, serious concerns about the Giants and the product that they put out on the field. So just want to start off by saying that couple of things that we heard from the locker room from head coach Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer had once said that sometimes, you know, the first pre the first regular season game or two is kind of like an extended preseason. But here's the problem I had with that, folks. Throughout the preseason, the Giants defense, which by the way, I think was one of the biggest problems in this game, the Giants defense didn't really generate much of a pass rush all summer. They had their share of struggles on third down. They allowed teams to march down the field and score. I mean, you would think that after the first preseason game and moving forward that these problems would get cleaned up. But no, it was the same thing in this week one game against the Cowboys. Let me give you a a number that really bothered me. The Cowboys were 6 of 10 on third down. That's a 60% conversion rate. 
All right, six zero. Now I'm looking at the Cowboys' uh, drive list. Their first, let's see, one, two, three, four. The first, the Cowboys scored five touchdowns in a row at one point. After they went, uh, they went on a six-play drive. They had the punt that was their opening drive, and then they went on to score five touchdowns in a row. On those drives, three of them. No, I'm sorry. Four of those drives went for seven or more plays with the first one going 11 plays, the second touchdown drive going nine plays, the third one going 13 plays, uh, the fourth one only went uh, three plays, and then the fifth one went seven plays. Folks, if you can't get your defense off the field, and that's usually a sign of third down and not just just not being able to stop anybody, but if you can't get your defense off that field, guess what? You're not going to win games. And the Giants have been having this problem since the summer. And, you know, it's interesting. I asked uh, safety Jabril Peppers once, uh, not too long ago, actually. I said, you know what? You guys haven't really played together on the whole because, you know, you had injuries. Um, Alec Ogletree, for example, didn't play much of the summer. You know, the, the coaches played a lot of the younger guys because they needed to see what they had. And I remember asking Jabril Peppers, I said, look, you know, you guys didn't really play together on the whole. How concerned are you that you're going to come together and any communication issues that existed during the preseason are going to get worked out. And he basically kind of, you know, dismissed the question a little bit, said, you know, look, we practice, you know, we're working on it. Um, we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we feel confident that the communication is getting better. Folks, we saw otherwise against the Cowboys. And uh, it just wasn't pretty. Now, I did make this observation on Twitter. And I know a couple people, I think, misunderstood what I was saying. The defense, I suppose, has an opportunity to go either way this season. They can either stay the same or they can get better. And I pointed out that in 2007, the Giants gave up 80 points over two games to opponents before, of course, going on to help win a Super Bowl. I am not saying that this defense right now at any rate, is a Super Bowl caliber defense. It has some problems. You know, You if when you don't have a pass rush, which this team, you know, did not really show, as evident by zero sacks and zero quarterback hits, okay? So when you don't have, uh, I'm sorry, they had two quarterback hits, my bad. So zero sacks and two quarterback hits. When you don't have a pass rush, when when you're when the opposing quarterback can stand back there in the pocket all day and order a nine course meal and still have time to throw, not good, guys. You're not gonna you're not gonna get off the field if you don't rush that passer. Now, part of that was the play in the defense's secondary, and I got to tell you guys when I heard the Giants' plan was to alternate between Antonio Hamilton and DeAndre Baker at cornerback. First thing I said to myself is, if I'm the Cowboys, I go after whoever's at that cornerback spot all day long. And sure enough, that's what they did. They went after that spot 
all day long. And it wasn't pretty, folks, not in the least. Okay, now, my biggest concern, as I mentioned, was the lack of experience. All right, so, uh, but here's the other problem. When you say you're, you're going to alternate between players that where really you should have one starter, that means that neither player has really separated himself from the, from the others. All right, now, Antonio Hamilton, um, he went and uh, missed time. So too did DeAndre Baker. He missed some time. Both of them had injuries. Hamilton had an adductor and um, Baker had the knee injury. So they missed some precious snaps in the summer. And it showed, folks. It showed. All right. I don't know how many yards per se they allowed in coverage, but what I saw from Antonio Hamilton was really poor tackling technique. I mean, the guy looked like he was trying to punch the ball out as opposed to wrapping up and and just, you know, bringing the guy down, all right, which I did not like. As far as DeAndre Baker goes, what I did not understand is why, you know, especially knowing that this kid is not the fastest out there, why not have him bump the guy, you know, the receivers off the line of scrimmage? I mean, I just didn't understand that. You know, and as a result, a couple guys got behind him and, and uh, the Cowboys scored. You know, it, it, it just the whole thing didn't make sense. And I, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe part of that is, is on coaching. Matter of fact, part of it is on coaching. But if you are going to put your players in the best position, why not give them, you know, things that will help them? And I just didn't see that necessarily last last night. I didn't see. You know, from what I could tell, I couldn't see safety coverage rolled over to help. Um, just really, really disappointing showing. Okay, folks, we are going to take our first break. And when we come back, there's still plenty more to talk about. We could probably do a two-hour show today on everything that went wrong. But uh, we'll take a break, come back, and we'll talk some more about the Giants' heartbreaking loss 3517 to the Dallas Cowboys week one, so do stay with us. Hey Giant fans, long day at work? Still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and get your food delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED ON. Hey Giant fans, if you're looking for tickets to the games or perhaps to the hottest concerts, Broadway plays, or other area events, check out Vivid Seats. Download their easy-to-use app from the Google Play or iTunes App Store. And when you set up your account, you'll be automatically enrolled in Vivid Seats' customer loyalty program, which offers credit back on all purchases made through the app. With Vivid Seats, you'll get great prices and an easy purchasing experience right from your smartphone or tablet, with all confirmed orders backed by a full guarantee. Also, for a limited time, save up to $100 off your first Vivid Seats purchase when you enter the code KICKOFF at checkout. Don't be left on the sideline. Download the Vivid Seats app today and get into the game. And don't forget, use the special code KICKOFF at checkout to save up to $100 off your first Vivid Seats purchase. 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here. It is a Monday, September 9th. We are, it's not a happy Monday if you're a Giants fan. Uh, 35-17 loss to the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Giants just can't seem to figure out how to beat the Cowboys in Dallas. I don't think they have won there since 2016. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to wait till next year to try to get that win in Dallas. But you kind of see why the Cowboys, assuming, you know, that they are putting in the requests with the schedule makers, want that opening game against the Dallas. But anyway, uh, continuing on with some of the things that really bothered me. Let's talk about the use of Saquon Barkley and or I should I say the non-use of Barkley. Now, here's what I don't get. All right. You have the number two overall player in last year's draft on your team who is a generational talent. All right. Now, Barkley received 55 out of the 69 snaps, 88, I'm sorry, 80% of the offensive snaps, according to the game book. But what bothered me here is that Barkley was given all of 11 touches in the running game. 11 touches, which he turned into 120 yards, one of which was a 59-yard run on the first series. I think it was the second snap of the first series. But here's what I don't get, folks. When the Giants needed a one-yard gain on third and one, or even fourth and short, they went away from Barkley. And they went to, um, I think Eli Penny got a carry. I think they they tried uh, Wayne Gallman on a carry. Why? I don't understand that. You have a guy who's a generational talent, a guy who can get you those tough yards. Why are you putting him in bubble wrap? at a critical situation in the game. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I know the question was raised, Pat Shermer, about the number of touches that Barkley got. And he said, well, you know, in the second quarter, we would have liked to have gotten more plays altogether because I think there was a stretch of period where the Giants just didn't use Barkley when they were out on the field. And, okay, I get it. You want to have more plays on the field. And by the way, you can help yourself by converting on some of those third down plays, which the Giants did not do in the first half. I think it took them till um, the mid- midway through the third quarter before they converted on their first third down play. But again, you had some critical situations, and I'm going to point to one that really had me saying, what are you doing, guys? And that is... In the second quarter, the end of the second quarter, the Giants got the ball back with one minute and 13 seconds. All right, and I'm looking at the playlist here. Pass, okay, pass, 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 
pass, and pass. All right? Now, I get it. You're trying to score points. All right? You're trying to go and turn the turn the halftime score from 21-7 to maybe 21-14. But not a single run there from Barkley. All right? So if you're the Cowboys and you're saying you're you're on the field there, you say to yourself, "Okay, the Giants are going to pass pass pass." You know, because they're desperate now. And sure enough, they show their desperation. They use Barkley as a decoy, and I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to maybe you know, run a, a, a faster tempoed offense and use Barkley to actually, you know, pick up some yards and catch the Cowboys off, you know, off guard, especially if they were deeper in coverage. Maybe you get Barkley through, you know, to the second level and maybe this kid, you know, picks up a big gainer. I mean, I just don't get it, folks. I, I don't know what I'm missing there. But here's the other thing that I don't understand. Okay. The Giants on that drive went for it on fourth down. They had nine seconds left, fourth and five on the Cowboys' 44-yard line. Now, you've got a Pro Bowl kicker in Aldrick Rosas. Why not send him out there and at least try to get it the three points? I, I realize it wouldn't have put that big of a dent in the score. It would have made it, you know, 21-10 at the half if Rosas makes it. But... At the same time, if he does make it, then maybe you have a little more momentum going into the locker room. You know, you, you say, okay, look, we scored, we chipped away. It's only 10, you know, it's only uh, 11 points at that point. And you're getting the ball back to start the second half because, you know, the Giants won the toss and deferred. But no, they go for it on fourth down and five from the 44. A pass that everybody, you know, kind of knew was coming. I think the Cowboys knew that the Giants were going to heave it up there. And of course, the, you know, the pass intended to Cody Latimer was knocked away. The Giants came out with nothing. 21-7 at the half. And they proceed to come out for the third quarter. And let's see, they, they were able to convert their first third down play, as I mentioned, something they weren't able to do in the first half. All right. They actually converted, uh, let's see, a third down and a fourth down. And, you know, it just, they came away with a field goal from Rosas on that play. Three points that maybe if they had done that on the first, you know, that series before that half, now maybe you're chipping away a little bit at that, that lead that the Cowboys have. And, you know, look, I'd rather they had tried it and not made it did not try it at all. I just don't agree with that decision. And the other thing that just left me wondering what the heck the Giants were trying to do, and Pat Shermer was asked about this, but he threw a challenge flag on a, uh, a pass, what he thought was a pass interference play inside of the two minute mark. Now, we all know that any reviews are initiated from the booth inside of the two minute mark. And Shermer said, look, I'm aware of the rule, but I wanted to make a point. Well, you know what? As was explained on the broadcast, the officials could have thrown a flag on him for unsportsmanlike conduct, which would have cost them 15 yards. Why would you want to court that possibility. I just don't understand what the thinking was. I get it that the officiating, there were some spots where you, you know, you, you say to yourself, you know, why are they calling this? Or how could they have missed that? But why would you court that type of, of 
risk where, you know, maybe they throw a 15 yard, you know, a penalty flag and, and you cost your team 15 yards. Now, the officials didn't pe- penalize him. So he got lucky. But what, what were you going to try and prove there? You know, the, I, I just don't understand it, guys. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it just a really poor game, I think, overall, not just by, you know, what we saw on the field, but some of the play calling, some of the personnel decisions, just just not what you would expect after all this time. So I don't know, guys, I don't know what else to tell you, but let's do this. Let's take our final break. When we come back, I'll have a few remaining thoughts on where they go from here. And then we'll call it a show. So stay with us. The Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by BlueChew.com. Visit BlueChew.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first shipment for only $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here, Monday, September 9th. Not a very happy Monday if you are a Giants fan. 35-17 blowout loss to the Cowboys. Um, yeah, it's, it's just as painful talking about it the day after as it was writing about it and watching it unfold. You got to hope that things ultimately get better, but, you know, you've got to see some of it, you know, and, and uh, the Giants, when they come home uh, this weekend, they're going to face the Buffalo Bills, a team that, by the way, was down 16 nothing against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium and came back and rallied for, I think it was a 17-16 win. All right, so if you don't think the Buffalo Bills team is going to be riding a high wave, think again, folks. Okay, so few other thoughts on this Giants team and their loss against the Cowboys. Um, Red zone, 2 of 4 for 50%. That just can't happen, guys. I mean, you get inside that 20-yard line, you've got to convert and score touchdowns. I keep saying this. You know, I'm not playing fantasy football this year, but one of the things I used to do when the Giants had trouble scoring is I always used to take their kicker because you just knew that they weren't going to score, you know, or or the red zone percentage was going to be, you know, if you were lucky, 50% per game. So you could always count on their field goal kicker to give you points if you needed it. So red, red zone definitely has to, you know, that has to be to change and they've got to do higher uh, proficiency there. The time of possession. Now, the Cowboys won the time of possession 32-18 to 27-42, which, again, I go back to what Pat Shermer said about not having enough plays um, in that second quarter. You know, when asked about Saquon, Saquon Barkley, 
you had to, you know, again, if you have the ball for 27 minutes and 42 seconds, get the ball in the kid's hands. You know, even, even if you throw a couple more to him than you did, and they did throw, um, let me see, they threw to him six times, uh, and he caught four passes for 19. But try and get that ball in his hands. I mean, he's your best playmaker. All right, bar none. And he can run, he can, he, he can catch. I, I just don't understand why you would only give him, you know, that limited amount of touches. Um, tight ends. Can we talk about the defense and tight ends? All right. Blake Jarwin, Jason Witten, each coming up with a touchdown. That middle of the field continues to be impossible for the Giants to defend. And I just, again, I just don't understand what the problem is, why they cannot defend that middle of the field, why it's so wide open, and why opposing tight ends just seem to have their way with the Giants defense. And this isn't just, you know, happening this year. This has been going on for quite some time now. And it doesn't matter who the players are. It doesn't matter who the scheme is. It's just, you know, I, I just don't understand what the problem is and how it is that these tight ends and, and backs out of the backfield and even receivers get all this running room in the middle of the field. A uh, few other things. Um, actually want to talk, a, you know, end this show kind of on a, on a positive note because I've been kind of, you know, pointing out all the bad, but I do want to end the show if I can on a positive note. And there were a few positives besides Saquon Barkley. Um, Cody Latimer did a fantastic job with his downfield blocking. I mean, it's it's not something you really notice unless you look at the all 22. But Latimer was was blowing open holes down the field for Saquon Barkley in the uh, in the running game, especially on that first drive. And, you know, look, the giant receivers say what you want about them, but these guys can block. And I know that's not their primary job, but it is a very important part of their job. And they take pride in it. Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, uh, Russell Shepard, uh, Golden Tate, when he comes back, he, he, he can block. Um, these guys do a great job in that. And that, that's something you really have to, you know, take advantage of. And, and just another reason why it was just a head scratcher with how Saquon Barkley was used. You know, especially when you have these guys who can open up holes down the field. Um, Evan Ingram had himself a, a good game as a receiver. No surprise here. He was the, the, the targeted the most in the passing game. 11 targets caught, four, I'm sorry, 14 targets caught 11 passes for 116 yards, had a touchdown. Um, you know, a Ingram, I, people say, okay, how are they going to replace Odell Beckham Jr.? Ingram's going to be the guy, folks, when he's, you know, you can already see that his targets are going to be increased. And, uh, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to make quite a contribution on this offense. Uh, some other positives on special teams. Riley Dixon punted four times, 41.5 average, 41.5 net average. What that means is... His punts and his punt coverage team did not allow a single return yard. There were three, uh, three of the four punts were fair caught. 
one was put out of bounds. So good job there by Riley Dixon, a guy who I was kind of hard on throughout the uh, the summer because I didn't see the consistency in his punting. And he just, he's off to a great start. So good to see that. Daniel Jones got some snaps. Now, this is interesting. We could probably do a whole show just on Daniel Jones, who was inserted into the game in the fourth quarter on the final drive. Um, Jones, three of four, I believe. Yeah, three of four for 17 yards, did have the fumble. Now, the fumble, you know, which it, remember Giant fans in, in the preseason, Jones lost a couple of balls on fumble, just some ball security issues. That's got to get cleaned up. All right. Now, if you watch that particular play in which Jones in, against the Cowboys lost the ball, um, he was trying to get the first down. But, you know, now this is about decision making. And this is an example of why I think the coaches are taking their time with putting him into the game. I know there were people who were screaming for Jones, especially, you know, when the game got out of hand, when the Cowboys went up at one point, they were up uh, 28-10, then 35-10, and people were screaming for Jones to be put in there. You got to look at the game as a whole. Now, I am not saying that Eli Manning, who, by the way, went 30 of 44 for 306 yards and a touchdown, was also sacked once, um, and who also, let me see, how many times was he hit? He was hit six times, folks. So there was a reason why the coaching staff didn't put Daniel Jones in there, because, you know, Eli was taking another beating. He was taking another beating, so, you know, that's probably why the coaching staff waited until the Cowboys went into a prevent defense, which means that, you know, the rookie quarterback is not going to get hassled and rushed and he can maybe, you know, get meaningful snaps and just kind of get into a flow of things. That's why I think they waited when they did. But for those who were kind of screaming, put him in there earlier. Look, unless Jones could play defense and specifically cornerback, he wasn't going to help the situation because, again, as I said earlier in the, in the show, the Giants' defense could not get off the field. And it wouldn't have mattered if you had, you know, uh, Phil Sims back there, if you had Y.A. Tittle back there, whatever great quarterback you want to, from the Giants' past you want to put in there. It wouldn't have mattered if you don't have, you know, if you have to play catch-up uh, like that, and you can't get your offense on the field. And the time of possession, just real quick, uh, the Cowboys dominated the Giants in time of possession in the first half. It was 19-16 to 10-44. Does it really matter who your quarterback is at that point? I mean, you know, look, when you're under duress as Eli Manning was, all right, when you don't have as many opportunities because your your defense can't get off the field, you're fighting a losing battle. And and that's what it boiled down to. So that's why, again, I think the Giants coaches waited to put Daniel Jones on the field when they did. So, all right, Giant fans, not really a happy show. I wish I had better news for you. Um, but that is the end of the today's show. I do want to thank you for listening. Don't forget, we have Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. You know the drill. Get the questions into me if you can by um, 8 o'clock Monday evening. 
You could send them to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet them to me at Patricia underscore train. And make sure you tag them Ask P Train so that I can call them up when the time comes. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.